your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, but today we are talking about Enneagrams. What type are you? You know, this is something that is very popular. It's been popular for a little bit of time here, maybe past five years. But what is this thing? This Enneagram is a it's a tool. Uh, it's it's for personal transformation, basically. And it stems from the Greek words ennea, which is nine, and gamos, which is a written symbol. And the nine-pointed Enneagram symbol represents nine distinct strategies for relating to yourself, others, and the world. And so every Enneagram type has a different pattern of thinking, of feeling, of acting, that arises from your inner motivation, your your, uh, worldview, and learning about how these patterns give us greater understanding through a universal language that that basically transcends your gender, your religion, your nationality, your culture. While we're all unique, we share these common type of personality types or experiences. And so working with the Enneagram is is an inside uh, view of yourself that begins with you determining your own type and then exploring ever-deepening personal and professional development. And, And, you know, it's extraordinarily precise, and the Enneagram also helps you create healthier relationships. It also provides tools to work through conflicts, and so it kind of integrates psychology and, and, and spirituality and somatics and our dynamic uh, personal narrative about ourselves. offers you a lot of unique and transformative opportunities Uh, to engage with this tool. And so determining your personality type through the Enneagram can be found on the internet. There's all kinds of tests. And it does not put us in a box, but it helps us see the box from from the experience that we have in the world. And and with that awareness, we can basically step outside our limited perspective and ideally uh, this, the personality is an effective way to express ourselves, but challenges arise when our point of view becomes rigid and we get stuck in auto- automatic habits. So there's a positive to this, and there's an average to this, and there's also a neutral to each of these personality types. And so, you know, each of these has a home base. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the three centers of intelligence, your head, your heart, your body. And that basically shapes our way of being in the world. And even within our own type, one of these three instinctual subtypes, uh, self-preservation, one-to-one sexuality, and social influences are often how we express ourselves in the world. And so this diagram indicates the pathways that each personality type tends to flow during shifts of awareness and behavior in our daily lives. And so as we move around, uh, you know, the, 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 the circle, basically, uh, our relationship in the Enneagram types on either side, known as wing points, further affects our type structure. So the lines of connecting the points show where our energy flows in times of stress and security. Now, I know that's kind of a lot of gobbledygook, but let's just go down to the different 
types. You know, the type one is called a reformer. They're, they're basically, they're rational, they're idealistic, um, they're principled, they're purposeful, they're self-controlled, and they're also perfectionistic. And, and so, you know, these kind of folks are conscientious, they're ethical, they have a strong sense of right and wrong. A lot of them are like, teachers, crusaders, advocates for change. They're always trying to improve things, but and, uh, they're afraid of also making a mistake. And so they're well-organized, they're orderly, they're, they're fastidious, and, and they try to maintain a lot of standards. But that slips, and it can be critical, and it can be perfectionistic, and they have problems with resentment and impatience. And at their best, they're very wise, they're realistic. They're 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 morally good, but their uh, their their basic fear as a person is of being corrupt or evil or defective, and their basic desire is to be good and to have integrity and to be balanced. So you know, um, their key motivations basically is they want to be right, and which is not a good goal necessarily. They want to strive higher and improve everything. They want to be consistent in their ideas, justify themselves, and be beyond criticism so they're not to be condemned by anyone. And, and uh, uh, the critical ones become more uh, spontaneous and joyful, like, uh, you know, nice, healthy people. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, dynamics in this one, this reformer. Uh, the people that would most often be related to this type of uh, type one is Confucius, Plato, uh, Joan of Arc, Sir Thomas More, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, John Paul II, Nelson Mandela. Um, the, this kind of person, the type one, the reformer, is a sense of mission, and that leads them to want to improve the world in a whole lot of different ways using whatever degree of influence they have. And so they strive to overcome adversity, and particularly moral adversity, so that the human spirit can come through. And, and they strive for higher values. And so, the, you know, history is full of these because they basically stick out because they want to lead, they want to change, and and a lot of do a lot of these folks do it uh, very intelligently. Martin Luther King, by the way, would would fall into this. You know, they they want to be useful, and they want to have consciousness. They want to feel that they have a mission, and so that's kind of how they go. However, you know, they can be very strict. And they can become uh, wanting too much perfection in a human being. And uh, so sometimes they go from bad to worse, and sometimes they go from good to bad, you know. And, and so it, it, you have to look at this and go, wow, what is going on? You know, because they tend to be passionate. They tend to have a, 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 a entranced in their own personality. and But their levels of development are a little bit different. Like their first level, and this is when they're at their best, they, they, they're extraordinarily wise, they're discerning, they accept what is, and they become like realistic about it, knowing the best action to take each moment. They like to think of themselves as humane, inspiring, hopeful, and the truth must come out, and that's at their best. And then, you know, some other healthy manners that they have is being conscientious with their uh, personal convictions. 
have an intense sense of right and wrong, uh, personal, religious, and moral values. They wish to be rational. They want to be reasonable. They want to be self-disciplined, mature. You know, and, and here's another uh, health component of them. They want to be principled. They always want to be fair. They want to be objective and ethical. Truth and justice is a big value for them and the sense of responsibility. Also, the thing that starts to drag them down, and this is where the slippery slope begins, is when they are dissatisfied with the reality, they become high-minded idealistically. They feel that it's up to them to improve everything. They become like crusaders or advocates or critics. Um, and, and then they become afraid of making a mistake. And so everything must be consistent in their ideals. And that's where their control factor comes in because they become orderly and well-organized, but impersonal and emotional and puritanical like the Puritans. And, and they, they like to rigidly keep their feelings and impulses in check. And so they're, they're often workaholics in this state. And they're compulsive. Um, also, they begin to slip even farther because they will become really critical of both their self and others. They become picky, uh, judgmental, perfectionistic, very opinionated about everything, correcting everybody, badgering people to do the right thing. They're impatient, never satisfied with anything. And if, unfortunately, if they're parents, they often reflect that on their children. Now, as they go into the most unhealthy aspect of it, they can be really dogmatic and self-righteous and intolerant, inflexible. Uh, they deal with these absolutes, the truth, that everyone else is wrong, very severe judgments while they're rationalizing their own opinion. And so they become obsessive about imperfection and wrongdoing of other people, although they may find that, that they fall into that action. And they are hypocritical, doing opposite of what they preach. And they become uh, condemnatory, uh, punitive, cruel, to, to rid themselves of, of people they feel are wrong. And, and these folks have severe depressions and, and nervous breakdowns when they go down into this very unhealthy level. They, they even have uh, potential suicide attempts. And generally, uh, they're, they're uh, obsessive compulsive and they have depressive personalities. And so that kind of person can really fall into some very, very difficult things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, under eating or overeating or anorexia or bulimia, alcohol. That's often related to this kind of a person. And so, you know, they have a lot to teach and probably can be a great teacher. But, you know, they, they, they can't expect everybody to change and everybody to listen to them and follow. And that's the big problem with these folks. So their self-righteous anger is really what is their worst aspect of who they are. They get angry easily. They're offended what, what seems to be a perverse refusal of others to do the right thing. And uh, they try to step back and see that they're, they're, you know, it's important that they step back and see that their anger alienates people so that they cannot hear many of the good things that you have to say. And so your own repressed anger may well be giving you an ulcer or high blood pressure and, and is, is really not a good thing to have. Not a good thing. Now, this other one, this type two, that's a helper. That's a person that's caring they're generous, they're demonstrative, they're people-pleasing, and they're possessive. <laughs> so, these two types 
they're they're empathetic and they're sincere and they're warm-hearted. They're they're friendly, they're generous, they're self-sacrificing, they're sentimental, flattering, people-pleasing. These guys are really well-meaning and they're driven to be close to others, but they can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed, and that's called codependency. So they typically have problems with being possessive, with acknowledging their own needs, um, and at their best, you know, they're unselfish and they have unconditional love. And so their biggest fear, the type two, the helper, is of being unwanted or unworthy of being loved. That's their biggest fear. Also, their biggest desire is to feel loved. And so, um, you know, if you look at these people, they want to be loved to express their feelings for others and to be needed and appreciated and to get others to respond to them, vindicate their claims about themselves. And so this is, you know, when they get into stress, um, they often become needy and they suddenly become aggressive and, and domineering. And when uh, moving in their direction of, of integration, which is growth, uh, they can be prideful, they can be self-deceptives, and uh, they can be very self-nurturing and emotionally aware also on a good side. Um, so examples of people like a helper would be somebody like Lionel Richie or Stevie Wonder, Barry Manilow, uh, Dolly Parton, uh, Josh Groban, uh, The Music of Journey. Believe it or not, Bobby McFerrin, Kenny G, Paula Abdul, you know, these kind of people, the helper, they 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 are either the most genuinely helpful to other people or when they are less healthy, they're the most highly in, invested in seeing themselves as helpful. So being generous and going out of their way for others makes them feel at, that theirs is the best and the most meaningful way to live. And, and the love and concern that they feel and the genuine good they do warms their hearts and it makes them feel worthwhile. You know, they can all, these folks can be like great coaches. You know, they're, they're healthy and when they're healthy and balanced, they're really loving, they're emotional, they're generous, they're considerate. And, and people really get drawn to these folks because uh, they, they are warm. And there's, this is such a, a harsh world that we live in, and there's a glow in them. And they even they, they enliven other people with their appreciation and their attention, helping to see positive qualities in themselves that they could not previously be recognized. And I'm talking about the other people that they're, they're, they're working with or looking at or talking to. And, um, you know, uh, people understand them with immense compassion, and that is a, such an attractive thing. You know, it's such an attractive quality about a person. But on a healthy level, and then as we progress down, you know, they have another side to them. They have that pride, self-deception, tendency to become over-involved in other people's lives, tend to manipulate others to get their own emotional needs met. And so it really requires a lot of transformational work, and it really calls to understand when you're healthy and when you're not. So, you know, the, 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 um, the, the biggest deal is at their healthiest, they become deeply unselfish. They're very humble. They're, they're uh, giving unconditional love. They feel it's a privilege to be in the lives of other people. They can be very empathetic, very compassionate, uh, feel for others, caring, concerned about their needs, 
warm-hearted, they're forgiving, they can be sincere, they're very encouraging, and they're able to see the good in others. And service is important, but it takes care of, the, but, the, but you know, it takes care of itself too. They're nurturing, they're generous, they're giving, and they're a very loving person. But on the average, on the average, most of them don't go to that healthy level. On the average, a lot of them want to, to be closer to others, so start people-pleasing, becoming overly friendly, emotionally demonstrative, full of good intentions about everything. They also give seductive attention, like approval and strokes and flattery. And so love is, is their supreme value, and they talk about it constantly. And so this is the average. Becoming overly uh, intimate and intrusive is also the average. And so um, basically these people uh, need to be needed. So they hover and they meddle and they control in the name of love. And, and that means that they're trying to say, I have such great intentions. And they want other people to depend on them, to give and expect, but they expect a return. And they send a lot of, of dual messages, double messages. And so that can be a big concern on the average level. On the uh, unhealthy side, they become manipulative and self uh, instilling guilt by telling others how much they owe them and make them suffer. They abuse food and medication. They stuff their feelings. They want sympathy. They live as a victim. They become domineering and coercive. They feel entitled to get anything they want from others, repayment of debts, sexual favors, money. And then at their very worst, they're able to excuse and rationalize everything they do since they feel abused and victimized by other people and they become bitterly resentful and angry. And sometimes, a lot of times, this manifests itself in a marriage or in a somebody you have to deal with at work. And so they have a lot of chronic health problems as they vindicate themselves as falling apart uh, and, and burdening others. And generally, they, they have what's called a histrionic personality. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to finish up on twos. Then we're going to move into the Achiever Type 3. Come back. <laughs> Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
you are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the Enneagrams, and uh, we're on the Type 2, and we're just finishing up that. I just want to tell you guys that are the Type 2s, the helpers. you got to stop abusing food, over-the-counter medications, binging, especially on sweets and carbohydrates, overeating from feeling love-starved. Um, you know, hypochondria for sympathy. You know, the biggest deal is remember that you're not addressing your own needs and it's highly unlikely that you will be able to meet anyone else's needs without problems. And and that's your need to control them. And so you develop resentments and frustration because they don't do what you tell them to do and you feel like they owe you. And so you'll be less able to respond to people in a balanced way if you've not gotten adequate rest and taken care of yourself. And and it's not selfish to make sure that you're okay before attending to other people's needs. And it's, it's, it's common sense. You know, try to become more conscious of your own motives when you decide to help people. You know, resist the temptation to call attention to yourself and your good works. After you've done something for others, don't remind them about it. Let it be. Let them remember your kindness themselves and thank you uh, in their own way. Or maybe they won't. You know, you're calling attention to what you have done for them puts people on the spot and it makes them uneasy about you as a person and the motive that you operate by. So, you know, learn to recognize affection and good wishes of other people. And and even when these are not in the terms that you feel are adequate. You know, and so that's important for these type two folks. And that's why this is a growth scale. It's where we're trying to get awareness of ourselves and how we operate and how we can do better. Now, the type three achiever, these folks are very success oriented. They're pragmatic. They're adaptable. They excel. They're driven. uh, They're image conscious. And that's the bad part. And and these guys are very self-assured. They're usually attractive and charming in some way. They're competent. They can be very ambitious. They can be energetic. They can also be uh, status conscious and very driven for advancement. So they, they're, they, they're diplomatic and they're poised, but they can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. So they have a battle with being really good leader, but being egotistical. So they typically have problems with workaholics, uh, being a workaholic or being competitive. And at their best, they, they are self-accepting, authentic, everything uh, they seem to be, and, and the role models who inspire other people. And that's what's great about the achiever. They, the basic fear is of being worthless. And their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. They can be very charming. They can be professional. You know, they want to be affirmed to distinguish themselves from others, to have attention, to be admired, and to depress and impress other people. So when moving in the direction of bad stress, they suddenly become uh, disengaged, apathetic. However, when moving in the direction of growth, 
they can become uh, vain and deceitful, and also uh, uh, become more. They can become more cooperative in their healthy sense and more committed to other people. So, who are good examples of these folks? Well, Augustus Caesar, Emperor Constantine, Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, uh, Prince William. Condoleezza Rice, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Carl Lewis, and Muhammad Ali. So this kind of person, when they're healthy, they can really do and achieve great things in the world. They are basically like a star of human nature. And the people often look up to them because they're very gracious and personal in their accomplishments. They have lots of them. And, and, and they know how good it feels to develop themselves and basically contribute their abilities to the world. They're often successful and they're, they're, they're liked by all the, uh, the other types and most believe in themselves and in developing their talents. You know, they, they can basically, the achiever number three, can act as like they're living role models and, and paragons because of their extraordinary embodiment of socially valued qualities. You know, when they're healthy, the threes are worth the effort and it takes, you know, the, the best they can be. Their success is doing so and it inspires others to invest in their own self-development. And they want to make sure their lives are a success. However, it is defined by their family, their culture, and their social sphere. And in some families, success means having a lot of money, you know, a big house, a nice car, all the symbols. Others value ideas. Success to them means distinguishing themselves in the academic world or the scientific world. And others in circles, it might mean uh, becoming famous or a model or a writer or a public figure or even a politician. And so uh, the, the religious one might uh, encourage them to become a minister or a priest or a rabbi. So these folks can play a very strong role in how our society moves. But you have to look at them on the healthy level and the unhealthy. Now, at their healthiest, they, they're self-accepting, they're, they're interdirected, they're authentic. Everything they, they seem to be, they're modest and charitable, and, and they can be, uh, use humor in the right way, which is towards themselves. And they can also be full of, uh, uh, of a nice, beautiful heart and gentle. And they can also be benevolent. Um, they, they can be self-assured, energetic, competent, with high self-esteem. But they believe in themselves and in their own values. So they're adaptable, desirable, they're charming, and they're gracious. This is when they're healthy. And you know what? You can be all of this. You could go from healthy to unhealthy in a minute, in a day, in a lifetime. But the whole idea is to try to stay at the healthy level as best you can and the most you can. These folks are healthy when they're ambitious to improve themselves, to be the best they can be, often becoming outstanding, uh, embodying a wide admired uh, cultural qualities. They also uh, can be uh, motivated to, to, to other people to be just like them. But on the average, as they slip down the slope, this is where it happens. And once again, this can happen in a day, in, a, in an hour, in a, in a minute. They can be really concerned with their own performance. Uh, they begin to, uh, to want to do their job well. They're constantly driving themselves to achieve goals as self-worth depends on it. And they're terrified of failure. And this is where they're starting to slip. When they're, and they're compared themselves with others in search of status. And they become very image conscious. Uh, they become social climbers, invested in, in being the best. 
um, they're highly concerned with how they are perceived. So they begin to package themselves to, to, to meet the expectations of other people and what they need to do to be successful. So that's where the pragmatism begins to come in in an unhealthy way, but also it becomes premeditated. And, and they lose their touch and their own feelings beneath that smooth uh, facade that they put on. And so now they have problems with intimacy, credibility, and phoniness. And now, as they slip even farther, they want to impress others with their superiority. And then they constantly become promoting themselves, making themselves sound better than they really are. And now is where narcissism slips in, grandiosity inflated ideas of themselves and their talent. They become seductive by the look at me. They have this arrogance and contempt for other people. And it's a defense against feeling jealous of others. Now, as they go down to the worst part of the unhealthy, they begin to fear failure and humiliation. They can be explosive, opportunistic, covetous of everybody else and willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the illusion of their superiority. And as they're very, very unhealthy, they become devious and deceptive so that their mistakes and wrongdoings won't be exposed. And they become untrustworthy and maliciously betraying and sabotaging people to triumph and show power. And so they become delusionally jealous. They become vindictive and they attempt to ruin others' happiness. These uh, three types, you know, they become relentless. They become excessive about destroying whatever uh, reminds them of their own shortcomings. And that is psychopathic and generally corresponds to a narcissistic personality. You know, you have to overstress the body of recognition, working out to exhaustion. Uh, starvation diets is something they're uh, uh, very much a part of. Workaholism, excessive intakes of coffee or stimulants, amphetamines, can, uh, cocaine, steroids, excessive surgery for cosmetic improvement. That's a big characteristic of this kind of person. So so for real development, it's, it's really important to be truthful. Be honest with yourself and others about your feelings. If you're a three type and if you're uh, any kind of person with any of these qualities, you know, develop some, some sense of giving, some cooperation in your relationships. Take the time to pause and really connect with someone you care about. Nothing spectacular has to be required, simply a few moments of appreciation. And when you do so, you become more loving. So take breaks. You can drive yourself and others to exhaustion with your relentless pursuits. You know, if you desire to be expected, uh, accepted by others, um, adapt to the expectations of others that they lose touch with what you really are. You try to, you try to adapt and, and basically become what they want you to be and you lose who you want to be. So you want to be healthy if you're in that three because that tip can go very quickly and if it's too much in the unhealthy side, it can really mess up your life. Now the type four is the individualist. They're very sensitive, they're, they're expressive, uh, they're introspective, they're dramatic, they're self-absorbed, and the worst of all, they're temperamental. And so the, these kind of folks are self-aware, they're sensitive, they're reserved, they're often emotionally honest, creative, personal, but, and it can also be moody and self-conscious. And so they withhold themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, 
but they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. So these folks typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, self-pity, but at their best, they're inspired and creative, and they do renew themselves and transform their experiences. And one, once in all, as we talk about our good and bad qualities, we're all of this in a day. You know, uh, Their basic fear is that they have no identity or personal significance. Their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance to create an identity. So they're kind of bohemian or aristocratian. You know, they want to express themselves with their individuality and they want to create. They like to surround themselves with beauty, you know, to maintain their their moods and their feelings. And they they withdraw to protect their self-image and to take care of their emotional needs before attending to anything else to attract a rescuer, which is what they need. You know, they can be overly involved, clingy. However, when moving in their direction of integration, they can become envious, emotionally turbulent, and they can also become more objective and principled in their healthy mode. And so people that are in that category are like Cher, Stevie Nicks, Annie Lennox, Prince, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, uh, Alanis Morissette. And so they, they have established their identities by seeing themselves as fundamentally different that they are unlike other human beings and, and consequently that no one can understand them or love them adequately. So they often see themselves as uniquely talented, uh, as possessing some kind of special one-of-a-kind gift, but they also can be uniquely disadvantaged or flawed more than any other type. And so they, when they're healthy, you know, they have their feelings, they can look at their motives, contradictions, and their emotional conflicts without denying or whitewashing them. And so... As we look at what makes A4 healthy, you know, as long as they believe that there's something fundamentally wrong with them, these folks basically cannot allow themselves to experience or enjoy in many uh, uh, good qualities. So here's the, the, the four at a healthy level. And it's once again, it's the, the, the four is the individualist. They are very creative. They express personal and, and universal knowledge. Uh, they possibly in a work of art. They're very inspired. They like to self-renew, regenerate. They like to transform all their experiences into something valuable and creative. And this is when they're at their healthiest. They're very self-aware, introspective, and they're highly personal and individualistic. And they're very true to themselves. You know, that some of them uh, take an artistic, romantic orientation to life. And this is where they begin to split. They disassociate. So they stay in touch with their feelings. They, they, but they are starting to interiorize everything, taking everything personally. And this is as they get gradually, they begin to think themselves different from other people. They feel they've been exempt from living as everyone else does. They become dreamers, disdainful, and decadent. And at their most unhealthiest, they, they, when their dreams begin to fail, they become very self-inhibiting, angry, depressed, alienated from self and others. They, they become emotionally uh, paralyzed. They torment. Uh, There's self-content. They, they, they hatred. They have self-hatred, morbid thoughts, and uh, they have a lot of blaming. And they, be, they basically become feeling helpless and become very destructive and possibly abuse alcohol or drugs to escape it. But, you know, that overindulgence in rich foods and sweets and alcohol can mess up your mood and lack of physical activity and prescription drugs and tobacco, not always the best.
You know, do not pay so much attention to your feelings. That is the big deal. You know, put it, avoid putting things off until you're in the right mood and stop procrastinating. You know, a, a wholesome self-discipline takes a lot of forms from sleeping regular hours, taking exercise, and having a very strengthening affect to you. Now, there's a type five, and the type five is called the investigator. These folks are totally intense. And they're perceptive, they're innovative, they're secretive, and they're isolated. They're alert and they're curious. Their basic fear is being useless and helpless and incapable. And to be desired is to be capable and competent. And so they're usually uh, possess knowledge to understand the environment and to have everything figured out as a way of uh, defending themselves from the threats of the environment, meaning their surroundings. And so who are some examples? Well, Buddha. Albert Einstein, uh, John Nash from A Beautiful Mind, Steve Hawking, Vincent Van Gogh. You know, more than any other type, these guys want to find out why things are what they are. They want to understand how the world works, whether it is the cosmos, uh, the, the, the animal, the vegetable, or the mineral kingdom, their inner world of their imaginations. They're always searching, asking questions, delving into things in depth. Uh, they do not accept received opinions or doctrines, feeling a very strong need to test the truth almost of all assumptions. You know, uh, these folks um, can be relentless, but at a healthy level, they become visionaries and and broadly comprehending the world while, you know, basically uh, penetrating it. They they have an open mind. They take things at whole and, and true context. And they also observe everything with extraordinary perceptiveness and insight at their healthiest. Uh, most are mentally alert, they're curious, um, and they attain skillful mastery of whatever interests them. But on the average level, as they slip, they begin to conceptualize and fine tune everything. They become detached and involved in complicated ideas. And then they begin to take an antagonistic stance towards anything that would interfere in their world, in their personal vision. And as they stoop down into the more unhealthy, they become reclusive, they they become isolated, eccentric, uh, nihilistic, and highly unstable and fear of aggressions. And they also get obsessed and they seek, uh, you know, that they may, they even have a feeling that they may commit suicide or have a psychotic break with reality. They feel deranged. explosive. They have some schizophrenic overtones at their worth. And they have poor eating and sleeping habits due to minimizing their needs. And they neglect their hygiene, their nutrition, lack of physical activity. Um, They like the uh, psychotropic drugs, too. And that's an unfortunate part of it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how to be healthy as a five, but we're going to have to dive into six through nine. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951 
818-785-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about type five, which is investigator. And I just want to say this very quickly. You know, that the, the fives tend to find it difficult to trust people and to open up to them emotionally and make themselves accessible. And I would suggest to you that if you're a type five and investigator, you need to have faith because faith leads to trust. Have faith in people. Have faith that your friendship is going to be a good one. Don't look at the negative to be mistrustful because if you go through life trying to be so pragmatic and controlling, you won't enjoy your life. Types is the loyalist. And these guys want commitment. They want security. They're engaged people. They're responsible. They're anxious. And they're also suspicious. And so, you know, uh, the committed, uh, uh, secured type, they're, they're very reliable. They could be hardworking, responsible, trustworthy. They're really good troubleshooters, too, the loyalists. They, they look at problems, and they look ahead and foster cooperation. They all become defensive, evasive, and anxious, and they run on stress while complaining about it. And they could be very cautious and indecisive, but also they could be reactive, defiant, and rebellious. So they typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. Um, at their best, they're basically internally stable and self-reliant. They're courageous, and they champion themselves, championship, champion uh, themselves. But their basic fear is of being without support and guidance, and their basic desire is to have security and support. So they want to have security to feel supported by others and to have uh, uh, certitude and reassurance to test the attitudes of other people. You know, so they they, they can be. Uh, uh, examples of this type of person is Bruce Springsteen or Mike Tyson or U2's Bono or Melissa Etheridge or Eminem or, or Oliver Stone, Michael Moore, Spike Lee, Marilyn Monroe. So th- this kind of person, the loyalist, um, they are the most loyal to their friends and to their beliefs. And they will go down with the ship and hang on to relationships of all kinds for longer than most other types. They're also loyal to ideas, to systems, and beliefs. So even the belief that that all ideas and authorities should be questioned and defied. And so not all sixes go along with the status. 
their beliefs may be rebellious and anti and authoritarian, even revolutionary. So they typically fight for their beliefs or, fear, or, or more fiercely than they will fight for themselves. So on a healthy level, this kind of person is uh, self-affirming, trusting of their self and other people. They're independent. Um, they also are inter interdependent, and they're, so they are, they're also able to elicit strong emotional responses from other people. They can be very appealing, enduring, and lovable at their best, and they can be dedicated to people and movements in which they feel deeply. So they're good community builders, but on the average, as they start to flow down on the slippery slope, they start investing their time and energy into whatever they believe will be safe and stable. So they begin to, to become stressed in organizing and structuring, and as a response, they look to alliances and authorities. And then they begin to resist having more demands made on them. So they react against passive uh, others in a passive-aggressive way. So they be, now they're going to become evasive, indecisive, and cautious, and pras, uh, procrastinating when they're operating in an average level. And, and, and to compensate for their insecurities, which is one of their biggest fears, they become sarcastic and belligerent and blame others for their problems. And, and, and they really take tough stances against people they perceive as outsiders. Now, falling into the most healthy part of it, they fear they have ruined their security. They become panicky, volatile, self-disparaging. Uh, they have very strong inferiority feelings. They also feel persecuted that others are out to get them, and so they begin to lash out uh, irrationally, and then they become hysterical, seeking to escape punishment. They become self-destructive and even suicidal, so alcoholism, overdose, uh, uh, self-abasing behavior, generally they're passive-aggressive, paranoid personality types. And so these guys uh, uh, have a lot of uh, nutritional imbalances. They, they work excessively. They love caffeine. They love alcohol, depressants to deaden their anxiety. Uh, um, they have a real high susceptibility to alcoholism, by the way. But there's nothing unusual about being anxious since everyone's anxious. But more often, you, you, you might think uh, to learn more, uh, be present and be in the moment rather than be in the past and in the future. And that's an important thing for the loyalists to know. Not the loyalists, excuse me. Okay, the enthusiast is type seven. Excuse me, they are busy. Uh, they're variety seeking. They are spontaneous, they're versatile. They're also uh, scattered brained. <laughs> they're also extroverted and optimistic and versatile and spontaneous. But their basic fear is of being deprived and in pain. Their basic desire is to be satisfied and content. And so uh, they want to maintain their, their freedom and their happiness and want to avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences to keep themselves excited and occupied and to avoid uh, pain. And so these kind of folks tend to be at a healthy level. Uh, they assimilate experiences in depth. And they make them deeply grateful and appreciative for what they have. They're, they're very responsive and, and excitable and enthusiastic about uh, their experiences. And they also become accomplished achievers and generalists who do many different things, multi-talented. And so this kind of person uh, is often a restless person. This achiever, they, they, uh, they want to have more options and choices all the time. They're unable to discriminate what they really need. And they become hyperactive and they get into a, a conspicuous consumption of all forms of excess. So at the most unhealthy, 
they become desperate to quell their anxieties and they're in flight from their self and they act on their impulses and, and then finally their energy and their health is, is completely spent so they become claustrophobic and panic driven and that's unfortunate about this. These guys are, are, are they love stimulants, they love uh, psychotropics. Um, so, so it's important for these guys to recognize their impulsiveness and get in the habit of observing their impulses rather than what they're giving. Now we have the challenger. That's the type A. These guys are powerful. They're dominant. They're self-confident. They're decisive. They're willful. And they're confrontational. They're also that they're you know they are self-confident, strong and assertive, protective resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive, but they also can be egotistical and domineering. So they feel like they have to control their environment, especially people sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating. So they have problems with their tempers. They also allow themselves to be vulnerable. And at their best, they're self-mastering and they use their strength to improve others' lives and become heroic and magnanimous and inspiring. You know, their biggest fears of being harmed or controlled and their basic desires to protect themselves, to control their life. And they want to be self-reliant to prove their strength and their, uh, resist their weaknesses, to be important in their world, to dominate their environment. And they want to stay in control of all situations. So at a healthy level, you know, they become self-restrained, a magnanimous, merciful, forbearing you know, and they also become self-assertive and self-confident and strong, and they learn to stand up for what they need and want, and they have a can-do attitude. They can also be decisive at a healthy level and authoritative and commanding. They can be a great leader, and so they take initiative, make things happen. They champion people. Now, as they slip, though, they become uh, financially, uh, they have to become self-sufficient and financial because they're going to draw inward. So they always look to see if they have enough resources. So they like to become enterprising. And they begin to dominate their environment, including others, by wanting to feel others are behind them, supporting their efforts. So they become very boastful and forceful and expansive and, and uh and also they can become very combative and as they're slipping down into more and more unhealthy and intimidating to get their way. And then at the most unhealthy, they defy any attempt to control themselves. They become completely ruthless and dictatorial. And uh, they develop delusional ideas about power, invincibility. And if they get in danger, they may brutally destroy everything that is not conform to their will rather than surrender to anyone else. So they become vengeful, barbaric, and, 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 and sociopathic. So, you know, it's important for these folks to, uh, 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 you know, try to show your true power when you forbear from asserting your will with others, even, even when you, you can. You know, your real power lies in your ability to inspire and uplift people, and that's where you want to stay at the healthy level. The eights uh, typically want to be self-reliant, depend on no one, but ironically, they depend on many. And you may think you're not dependent on your employees because you, they depend on you for their jobs. But, you know, uh, you can always dismiss them or hire other people. You know, everyone's expendable in your kingdom except for you. And that's not a good deal. Now we have the type nine. That's the peacemaker. These guys are easygoing, 
receptive, reassuring, agreeable. Uh, they're complacent. They're they're very trusting and stable. They're usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but they can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be very complacent, simplifying problems, minimizing anything that's upsetting, and they typically have problems with uh, stubbornness. And basically, uh, at their best, they're 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 all embracing and they're able to bring people together and heal conflict. So what is their basic fear of the peacemaker of loss and separation? Their basic desire is to have inner stability, which is peace of mind, but their motivators, they want to create harmony in their environment to avoid conflicts and tension and preserve things as they are to resist whatever would upset them or just or, or uh, disapprove of them. So at a healthy level, at their best, they become very possessive, feeling autonomous and fulfilled they have uh, this is the peacemaker number nine they have great uh, equanimity contentment because they're present to themselves they're receptive accepting and self unself-conscious emotionally stable and very serene and they trust in self and others with ease and, and this is at their best they're optimistic reassuring self-supportive uh, have a healing and calming influence they harmonize people but as they slip, they become fear of conflicts. They become active but disengaged and unreflective, inattentive. And then they begin to minimize their problems to basically appease others and have peace at any price. So they become stubborn and fatalistic and resigned, you know, and and this is a problem because at the most unhealthy, as they move down, they can be really repressed, undeveloped, ineffectual. They feel incapable of facing problems because they don't want to rock the peace. So they become obstinate. They disassociate from their self. They want to block out all the awareness that anything that could affect them. So they disassociate all of the time and depersonalize. But at the most unhealthy, they finally become severely disoriented and catatonic. They abandon themselves and they turn uh, to, 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 to uh, shattered shells of what they used to be. And they kind of have a schizoid, a dependent uh, personality. They're, they're overeating and undereating due to their lack of self-awareness can be a big problem. And they have a lot of repressed anger. So they lack physical activity, depressants and psychotics, love marijuana. It's just amazing. You know, force yourself to pay attention to what's going on. Do not drift off and tune people out. That's the big deal. That is the big deal. Okay, we've been through a lot of Enneagrams. You need to study it further, and you can take these tests um, anywhere. Uh, so, you know, take them on the Internet. Get on Google and look it up and uh, see what you are. So that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, all the people in the world would have peace and understanding if everyone wore a uniform with their Enneagram type on the front. Also, a number 10 type could be an Ennea one else. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 